My name is Megan Brett Hamilton, and I'm the host of the podcast Honeybee Connection by MB, where I talk about language, culture, communication, and identity. At the end of my conversation with my guests, I ask them five questions. I ask them the same five questions. Here's what they said. This is called MB's Five for the Hive. Ooh, I like that. Thank you. So, um, you know, I do honeybee connection. That's like my whole thing because I love bees and how they how they communicate with each other. So I'm going to ask you five questions. And all I want you to do is just answer them. There's no right or wrong answer. It's okay. just how you think. First one is, how do you define race? And what race or races do you identify with, if any? Okay, I will do the second part because that's easier right now. Um, I identify with being um, a South Asian. <laughs> I will not say Asian. Um, and then ethnicity, I know you didn't ask, would then be Indian American. Um, okay, how do I define race? Well, this is so funny. Interesting as we talk about it in my home all the time, but I think race is a constructed word. <laughs> sadly, um, that pinpoints people based on the color of their skin. And it's not a word that I tend to like to use. Yeah. No, I know. It's a, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm always curious if people's answer for answers of it, because I always say it's socially constructed, but it's still real. Totally. If that makes sense. You know, as much as yeah. it's hard to wrap your head around that. It's so real in this country too. I mean, I know it's real everywhere else, but it feels like we are not willing to do the work even or to, to, to do the work around it in this country. We have a lot to do. I agree. We're, we're in a comfort zone. It's comfortable to categorize. It's, yeah. And I shouldn't say it's a word I'm uncomfortable with. I don't like using it. It's a word that every time it comes up, I'm like, oh yeah, we have a lot of work to do and we're not doing it. I think that's where my brain goes and it, it makes me upset because, you know, as a teacher, my kids know about this. They're identifying with who they are and they, they are reaching out and saying, what's wrong with us right now? Why aren't like, why is so much hate happening? Anyways, that's another conversation. I know. I think I'm up to 18 different podcasts with you. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's hear what you have to say with this one. Number two, what is the right way to speak? Jeez, Megan. There is no right way to speak. <laughs> there is no right. Well, listen to Megan and Pinky and then follow along. No, there's no right way to speak. It's whatever moves you. It's whatever your family has taught you. It's whatever your community um, has, in, has embraced in your mind and your language and your words. That I think that's the right way. Number three, how would you describe the way you speak? Um, I have teacher tone and, you know, you know, that teacher dialect, I, I, I feel like I enunciate everything now and I'm very like purposeful in my speech and my words because I have been teaching for so long that even my husband's like, you're doing teacher voice with me. Right. So <laughs> I have a very purposeful way of speaking and enunciating and, um, I don't know how to describe the way I speak. I hope I speak in a way that makes change. 
Number four. What does your hair mean to you? <laughs> well, right now on a rainy day, not so much. But no, I'm so happy you actually asked this. It is one of my favorite features of myself. My hair. And it has gone, I have gone through a lot with it because I remember when growing up, someone told me once my hair was nappy and I didn't know what that meant. Oh, you could have come to me. And I was just next door, Pinky. You could have just come to me. <laughs> I even allow, like, what does that mean? I don't know who that's geared towards. Right. So I didn't know what that meant until growing until later. And I was like, I really like my hair. Or I, because of my hair, people used to always say, what are you? Remember, I got that a lot growing up, mm. um, which I never really got either. But anyhow, I like my hair. It's wavy. It's not straight like most Indian people. It's not very shiny anymore. It's it's big and, I, and I'm totally fine with it. And I have girlfriends that are like, don't, don't you want to do your hair? You know, like somehow do something with that. I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm going to wash and go. It's going to bother you. <laughs> <laughs> I think your hair looks awesome. <laughs> I'm looking at it now. I haven't seen you. Hold on. <clears throat> I haven't seen you in so long, but I'm looking at it and it looks great. It's like they've got these like cool waves and it's like right well, dyed now because I'm I was going to say, I was like, is that, is that dye? Cause I don't yeah. remember that color. <laughs> it's the first time ever in my life. It looks great. I think it looks great. I think it was great. Okay. So this last question was interesting because we kind of touched upon it. Um, and there's a lot of different, Never mind. I'm not going to give it. I'm just going to ask the question. Okay. Why do some people have a hard time learning how to read? This is such a a good question. That's so close to my heart. I think it's equity. I think what you were exposed to uh, at the very beginning, right? And I think if you are two parents that are working two jobs and you're not around your child all the time and you don't have the ability to sit down with like the way I do with my child every night and read, um, and no one's judging you for that. You're just really darn damn busy and parents can be right away. Your child does not have that ability that, that open. Right. And then schools, who's going to school at the age of two, three and four. Right. And who can, because it's so expensive. It's a huge problem in this country. Um, and so repeat your question one more time. Why do some people have a hard time learning how to read? I think everyone, if we were all given the same playing field, we would all be fine and learn how to read equally. I think it ultimately comes down to equity and who is exposed to early childhood and who's not and how we as a country make that more available for all children. And I think that's bottom line what it is. I don't think it has anything to do with language or your socioeconomic status. Well, socioeconomic in that, like, can you afford to pay for school at an early age? But of who you are in terms of your race or ethnicity, or if you have an accent or dialect, right? I don't think it has anything to do with it. I think it's just exposure. And I know that kind of contradicts what I was saying about my parents earlier. I get that. <laughs> I can still blame them for that one word. Come on. <laughs> but I, <laughs> no, I think that's fascinating. I mean, I love, there are so many different reasons, right? For me, like there's so many different reasons. And I think we all hone in on you know, what is most near and dear to our heart, obviously. And I, I do think for me personally, I think there are reasons that deal with um, like, if you got to teach someone how to decode the word this, but they say this, yeah. right. That gets lost in the translation, so to speak. Right. And so I do think there are some times when it is um, a, a linguistic issue 
that the teacher is not taken into account. But I completely agree. And this is what I, I love what you said, your answer. It has nothing to do with cognition or intelligence or or availability of the synapses. Like it, it is. And I think people think it does. I, do. I think people think it does. I think people think, well, I don't know. I can't teach them to learn. I can't teach them to read. I, I can't. It's too hard. I don't think they have the motivation, the the um, the intellect, the whatever it is. Yeah, you're two so- or three yeah. or four. I mean, kids are teaching. Big. People are teaching big people how to read like at one now. But I know it's you know, ridiculous. You're, you're young. You're young. Yeah, yeah you're, you're young. And I love that what you did too. This is what I always try to do, just because I've worked with children my whole life. I love that you made it like not just an adult problem, so to speak, because I know you're not blaming like the, the parents, but like a systemic institutionalized problem. Like yeah. it's not internally, it's not the kid. No, not never. this. And, and never, right? Like never. As much as I even talk about my seventh graders, never. Like if you can't get something, that was my freaking issue. Totally. If you could understand something, that's my fault. Yeah. How do but I, I love back that. in the pocket and start over? Yeah. Yep. Yep. No, I, I loved your answers. So Ego. Don't you, sorry, I know you want to end, but don't you think that a little bit with teachers? So it, yes, we pinpoint blame on the kids. It's never ultimately their fault. So first of all, their brains, brains are still developing, right? Ours are fully developed. If we can say, all right, that didn't go well for you. That is on me. So what yep. do I do to fix that? And let's correct it next time. Do you know how many kids would then have that aha moment and say, oh, so it's not me. <laughs> Pinky, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I used to, and this is not negative towards teachers because now I'm, you know, an assistant professor <laughs> in, the, in the classroom. But when I was a speech language pathologist and I was pushing into the classrooms that I would watch, I remember I said to a teacher one day, and I didn't say it to be mean. I said it to be like, let's make sure we understand this. I said, you do realize just because you taught doesn't mean they learned. <laughs> like just because you sat up there and talked and taught. It doesn't necessarily mean they learned because I think they made that. I think people made us like I would teach someone would teach and then like, and let's give a quiz. Let's give an exit quiz. I'm like, I'm sorry to do what? To see if they're paying attention. Why? First of all, (laughs) I didn't know what you just taught. (laughs) What what were you teaching? Yeah. Like, so I literally, and, and I would tell my students all the time. I'm like, if you haven't figured this out, that's my fault. I will figure, I will find another way to get it into your head. I do too. So do you think that goes back to how we were raised? Anyways, like in our neighborhoods and. It could be, it could be. I mean, it could be Montgomery County's, you know, school system. It could be our parents, could be that neighborhood, could be just that openness, that understanding of difference. But that comes from somewhere. Like how did we learn to be so accepting of our faults? Mm. Anyhow. Speaking of, I have to go. I know you got to go. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. This was an awesome interview conversation with my neighbor, Pinky Shaw. And we will, um, we will be signing off now, but thank you for joining us. Hugs, hugs, hugs. Hugs, hugs, hugs. Okay. I miss you. Let's, let's, oh. No, you're fine.